Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in Manchester, UK. And on today's show, my special guest is the amazing author and artist Perry Gasketer, and we are chatting to Perry today about their brand new poetry collection, Meditations for the Dead and Dying. Hello, Perry. Great to have you on. Hi, thank you for having me. Really good to have you on the show today. Now, when you first released Meditations from the Dead and Dying, it was actually in Canada, wasn't it, that you released it? Yeah, I released it probably about seven or eight weeks before I moved uh, over to Manchester. Wow, one, wonderful. And this is like its uh, second release, I would say, because even though it, it's there out in the world, you're now bringing it to this whole new audience in Manchester. How's that journey been for you? Um, it's definitely been interesting because... Um, before I moved over, most of my audience was based in Canada and the U.S., yeah. and I knew a couple people on the U.K. scene, but since moving to Manchester, um, I've really kind of found this niche of amazing artists who are just so uplifting and uh, so excited to see what everybody's doing, and it's yeah. really nice to create that new base of people for that community. Fantastic. I mean, I think that that's the, this is the perfect title for, for this time of the year, Meditations for, for, for the Dead and, and Dying. It mm-hmm. really fits in with, with the Halloween theme. One of the things that I've been trying to, to do in, in terms of theme th- this year is look at Halloween and things that scare us in, in different ways instead of it making it all about the, the ghosts in, in white sheets <laughs> and get, get a little bit more personal. And I think there's nothing more personal than actually exploring our own body and what maybe frightens us about our bodies, which is very much the the focal point of your book, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, it really is um, a body-based um, experience. Um, mm. I have had many experiences um, with my body being uncomfortable, being over-sexualized, um, having an eating disorder that have made it so that I'm very aware of the vulnerabilities and also the robustness of a right. body and how that can relate to the the world at large mm. in a very interesting and meaningful way. Wow. I mean, what I always think of in, in terms of the body is it's one of those subjects that people tend to, to shy away from. They, they don't want to, to face those big topics, do they, in one way or another? And I'm, I'm just wondering, what has caused you to want to dive that, that deep and, and make it the main topic of your writing? I think that for me, the body represents a universal, a, a somewhat universal experience that allows for an empathetic understanding of experiences that the reader may not have had before. Right. Um, so kind of what that means is that we all have a body mm. and we may experience it differently. But if I say, oh, your pinky finger just snapped, right. you, you get a reaction because you yeah. have a body, you have a finger that feels that thing. Um, Um, And using that to bring readers out of their regular sphere of experience to experience things and have that empathetic relationship with people who may have experienced um, other uh, things in this lifetime um, to create that kind of bond across audiences. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, yeah, we've all got a body, so it, it's very relatable. And what you're actually doing through your poetry is you're getting us to think about our, our body in, in, in new ways as well. One of the things that, that I love about the, the poetry that I've heard of yours is you really explore the, the relationship between nature and, and the human body, don't you? Um, in, in, in a lot of, of depth. I mean, one of the poems that, that I definitely remember um, experiencing that kind of sensation was Apricots, but I know that there's, there's lots of, of other ones as well. So what's brought your attention onto the, the somewhat similarities between nature and, and the human body? I think for me, the nature imagery really comes from, I grew up in uh, Northern Ontario, um, right. in Canada, that it was it was very, when I first moved there, it was not very developed, our subdivision. So like, okay. our house literally backed onto a forest. Oh, wow. And there was a certain element of wildness to the city that we lived in. Okay. And I found it very interesting. That, and there's an entire story that I'm working on a different book, kind of about the story of the city, and it's kind of like regrowing efforts, but it was really interesting growing up to experience um, kind of through osmosis this um, interplay between nature and the city, nature and the people. Yeah. And I mean, like our bodies are, are a natural phenomenon, right? We yes. are part of nature and just bringing us back to those roots in a visceral way, mm. I think really can help um, like give people images that they can grasp onto really nicely. Yeah. No, that, that's absolutely amazing. And I, when you told me that you came from Canada, one of the first things that I was thinking about was, oh, they have wonderful autumns in Canada. <laughs> I would love to see a, a, a Canadian autumn. How do you think the, the Manchester autumns are measuring up to that? <laughs> uh, I have to admit, there's nothing like driving up Highway 69 and you've just got the rock cuts with the iron, like the iron, um, I call them iron tears okay, coming yeah. down the rocks and yeah. all, of the, all of the leaves going red and orange and yellow and it's just like that for kilometers and it's just beautiful oh wow well I'm, I'm relieved it's not that much of um, a disappointment to you because <laughs> I always think you know in, in nothing can beat the the autumn in Canada so I'm glad that we're kind of measuring up <laughs> well can we have a, a poem uh, of yours maybe and then we'll get into a, a selection of of your music yeah for sure well um, you mentioned apricots um, so and everybody here seems to love the way I say the word yeah um, so yeah, that's thing apricots yeah because we always go apricots and, yeah so that's um, amazing so I, I figured I'll, I'll start off with that one apricots she sinks her teeth into a tender apricot sticky sweet juice drips down her chin like rushing waterfalls pouring into the crevices of her skin gathering in lakes and rivers sugared and thick with syrupy kisses and honey soaked bodies she tears at bruised flesh, watching bit by bit devoured by glistening lips, longing for more, to rip from the pit that supple thing which finds its bed in the suffering of tender fruit sucked dry, left husked and spent in the palms of indulgent hands. She carefully places the stone in my open mouth, seals it with a kiss and watches roots grow from my toes branches crack my ribs a canopy bursts from my crown in beautiful becoming blooming with tender violence 
She sits beneath the shade of my leaves, my boughs heavy with unclaimed fruits, waiting for her starving mouth. She cannot resist the smell of fresh nectar, licking her lips as she reaches up and plucks another tender apricot. Wonderful. Really enjoyed that piece. Is that one of the pieces that, that you first performed um, in the open mic scene? Yeah, I think that that was one that came really early on, um, mm. especially, especially here in Manchester. I think that's one that I've been um, performing from the beginning. It's just, it's such like a, a sensual poem. Yeah. And people seem to react really well to it. So it's always a fun one to do. Amazing. Now, one of the other things that I love to do when I get a guest in is we do kind of like the, the rehearsal for Desert Island Disc. I don't know whether you have that show over there in, in the States and in Canada, or you've heard of it. But what it is, it's about a, a celebrity will take um, a selection of their, their favourite tracks ever that they would take to a, a desert island disc and um, just share them with, with, with the listeners. So you've picked some, some tracks for us. And I'm, I'm wondering, is there any particular reason what, why this resonates with you? Is it just one of your favourites? Because we're going for, for Peace Frog, aren't we? Um, Peace Frog, I really love Peace Frog because it's this really interesting juxtaposition between like a really upbeat, fun melody, but then if you listen to the words, it's very kind, kind of like what I do, very like visceral and body-based and yeah. kind of blood and guts and gore and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I find, I, I always found that to be a really intriguing thing, even before I started kind of writing in this way oh wow okay so let's take it away then with the doors it was a doors track that was my very first um track that i was asked to introduce when i first got into radio so that's one, <laughs> one uh, common thing about that
town of New Haven. Blood stains the roots and the palm trees of Venice. Bloody my love in the terrible summer. Bloody red sun of fantastic L.A. was Peace Rock by The Doors and it's my selection from the fantastic Perry who's my special guest today and we're talking today about her brand new book Meditations for the Dead and Dying. Nice to have you on the show Perry. <laughs> thank you, thank you, it's great to be here. Great to have you on the show and one of the things that I was just asking you there while that track was playing was what's inspired your, your love of writing? Um, I have to say, my love of writing started young. Right. Um, my mom always used to read my sister and I poetry, and not just read it to us, but like actually like ask us questions about it and have us study it. Okay. From the time we were very young, so poetry has always been a very cooperative, collaborative yeah. thing for me. Um, and my mom was just really great about um, kind of encouraging my creativity when I was younger. And then, I mean, like I'm, I'm sure. We, there, there's a collective experience of kind of going away from those things in your teen years. Yeah. Um, but then in uh, 2021, early 2021, I took two back-to-back -to -back, um, courses with a couple artists that I really respected to just be like, can, can I bring my writing to the next level? And it just blew open this entire world of expression and creativity and community for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... Poetry is um, a fantastic mode of, of expression. It's far more effective sometimes than trying to create conversation w without the use of, of poetry. So have you found that you have created some interesting conversations from, from the results of, of your poetry as well? Um, I mean, like, the thing about being the artist is people don't, don't, don't generally let you be privy to some of the conversations that they have with some of their friends about okay. um, things. But I, I, I have... I have I have had a couple people kind of reach out to me and be like, this poem like really moved me in this, this or the other way. Yeah. And um, really talking about like opening up about um, mental health and eating yeah. disorders and um, body discomfort um, mm. and, and, and um, uh, a sexualized experience um, has been something that um, I've had a few people come up to me and be like that, like that was really meaningful to hear somebody else going through something like that. Yeah. And I think that's that's why it's great that you've taken writing, you've literally taken it to the to the next level. It's very inspiring as well that you you've come from from Canada to Manchester and become so significant already on on the the, the spoken word scene. <laughs> Did you have any particular reason that you wanted to come to to Manchester of all places? Uh, my wonderful partner Ryan uh, lives here, and uh, I was looking to make a big move. Honestly, I was looking to go to Montreal originally. 
originally. Okay. Because I was looking for kind of like an arts-based city to, to begin to kind of spread my wings yeah. in this way. And Ryan was like, well, Manchester's got a lot of art stuff come, going on. And I came here and I was just blown away yeah. by the sheer amount of community events surrounding creation and creativity mm. um, in the city. There's actually um, an arts fair next week as well, a massive one in in um, the big, well, they used to call it the, the GMX. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of that, but that's going to be an absolutely amazing event. But anyway, what we want to do is we want the, the listeners to get to hear some more of, of your work, Perry. So, so you've got this wonderful new book. Do you want to read us some more from it? Yeah, I'll read you um, a small selection of poems from Meditations for the Dead and Dying. Um, it's been a bit of a turbulent time mm. on um, the the political face of things, um, so I thought I thought it um, it would be nice to do one of one of my most political pieces that uh, I've ever written. Can I have a guess at what this will be? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, might, I, might, I might be wrong. Um, I'm going to go for, for Modest Feast. Yes, that yeah. would be the one. <laughs> yeah, I, one that I really enjoyed. And I was thinking it, it that, to me, very much summarises the, the political state. I wasn't sure whether that was what you were trying to get out from it, but, but it turns out that it was. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> A Modest Feast. Perverse conductors of power and gain gorge themselves on our bodies, licking bloody chops as they stare down at our skeletons dancing on gilt strings, jeweled chains hanging loosely from chipped ankles as we lurch and clatter into piles of spent ivory. Our minds were stained by the machination of our lives and it is our time to feast. To sate starving stomachs, cut our teeth on gold-plated bones as we tear at soft flesh, chewing fat until it sticks to our tongues, coating our palates thick with rebellious words. We burned their factories, danced in the flames, and at bloody dawn they stuck their heads in piles of ashes as hungry armies of the not-quite-dead spilled over the horizon. They never saw us coming. Go. All FM. That was amazing, Perry. I, I, I just loved the way you, you, you say it's all without saying what it was, and we got it straight away. <laughs> we absolutely got it straight away. Wonderful. Beautiful. You've got another one for us as well, don't you, on the same theme? Yeah, yeah, very similar theme. This is kind of um, about uh, d different institutions that we may um, be a little bit more devout to than is necessarily healthy for us. Um, okay. So this is actually... Um, uh, based after Allen Ginsberg's Howl, um, and it's called Blood and Body. We walked all night with shoes full of blood, and at dawn cast them off to dance barefoot over rocks with iron-stained faces, bearing our naked souls and uncalloused toes. Arches fall, tendons collapsing under the weight of standing reverent. Bones grind to dust inside the folds of our skin as we crawl on knees rubbed raw, gouge palms on jagged stone as prostration shatter what's left of tattered limbs. 
mangled trunks inch forward like worms writhing on warm pavement rolling onto sun-blistered backs praying to an empty sky until we bite off our tongues leaving us choking in fountains of our own transubstantiation wow wonderful what i love about it is it it's so gritty and gory and detail and yet you read it so beautifully <laughs> which <laughs> Thank is you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome which is then again a, another juxtaposition which is one of the things that, that you love to do in in all your work yeah do, do you think you'll you'll stick with this kind of theme as you progress in, into other areas um i think I, I i think the body is something that i that i would probably stick with fairly um f uh, f fairly um, much with, but I think that I am looking at different ways to explore it. Right. Um, so finding different images and different ways to connect with people through their bodies mm. um, so that it, it's fresh and it's new and it's coming from different angles and it's reaching different people and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, no, that, that is very interesting. And what, what I find very interesting as well is when you look at the, the cover of the book, that, that is definitely a, a human body, but it's contorted into the most m magnificent shapes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the cover? Because it, it's one of the things that I love to talk to artists about. Yeah, um, the cover. so the cover is a drawing that um, I did myself uh, a while back. And... Um, it, it, it was part of a series of drawings that was looking at um, the uh the wasting away of the female form um, in terms of things like eating disorders mm. and fitting yourself into boxes to be wantable and stuff like mm. that, as well as a desexualization of the naked form, the naked female form. Mm. And uh, this particular image that I did, um, I wanted to look at kind of. Um, uh, this idea of prayer and yoga and um, yeah. and and kind of like the suffering of life, but then also like um, th there, uh, I do have some Buddhist background, and um, it, it's kind of based on this. Um, before um, Gautama Buddha went under the Bodhi tree, he met these uh, mystics that were kind of starving themselves right. in the, in these meditative states and not finding the enlightenment they were looking for. And kind of looking at that side of things like this, this pushing ourselves to the limits to try and achieve perfection and how it doesn't actually get us there. Because mm. obviously we, we are now in a very Instagrammable world where everything's got to be beautiful for, for Instagram. And if it's not, you know, you're done for kind of thing. So it's a, it's a really good time to actually discuss this in, in more detail. And everything that you write's got a kind of a spiritual element that did make me wonder if you had a, a Buddhist background or some, some other kind of spiritual background. Um, one of the, the lines that I remember from one of your, your, your poems was um, about the way that the universe is um, re reclaiming the, the life that she she was breathing into us or something like, I may have got it wrong, I'm sorry, but but that was kind of like the sentiment of what, of what you were saying. And I thought that yeah. was very powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of this give and take of 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 the the universe, the one, the of, of God, whatever it is that you believe in. Yeah. Um this give and take of life is what it comes down to is that we're we're, we're given this life, yeah. but then it is also reclaimed from us at some point and in mm. different ways. Mm. 
And maybe that means that all the suffering that we're encountering is from holding on too tight, too tightly, maybe to, to this life. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because you live a. a vast number of lives within your 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 single physical life like yeah. think about you five ten years ago is mm. that the same life that you're living now mm. right and holding on to things that were before or holding on to ideas like too tightly onto ideas of the future just keeps you from being able to enjoy the life that you're existing in right now before it's gone because it's just all transient yeah and I guess that there was no better time to really come to grips with, with a topic like that than this whole COVID and, and lockdown era. And um, yeah, that, that made me wonder, how was that phase of time for you? Were you already on the spoken word scene or were you just emerging? Um, definitely COVID kick-started a bunch of kind of creative stuff. For me, it really mm. kind of made me realize creation is, is something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. So I started doing visual art for the first time in okay. my entire life uh, during COVID. And you're really good at it. There's a, there's a selection <laughs> of your um, work on, on YouTube right now where you've just, you, you, you've done all these creations at the speed of light. They're really fun, all in kind of like a minute or more. How long, I needed to ask you this, how long did each piece of artwork actually take? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right now about the blue kind of finger yes. painting. And that one, it took me a few hours, definitely. Okay. I think I think the, the clip that I have on YouTube was about a three-hour three session that wow. I was on it for. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's the case that, that writing was your first artistic love, the yeah. artwork your second. Yeah. How are you now blending them in? Because I know that you're, you're collaborating with, with some different artists as well, aren't you? Yeah, so um, I'm currently coming to the close of a project, uh, a collaborative project with um, an artist from uh, my hometown in Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, their name is Rebecca Payne. You can find them at Laundromat Cowgirl on uh, um, Instagram and uh, we decided to collaborate on a project that basically brought together photography illustration and poetry oh, wow. for a multifaceted multi-layered experience yeah. of nostalgia growth kind of like the discomfort and anxiety of, of growing in the world that sounds like a, a fantastic project to, to embark upon. It's, it's probably going to take you a, a little while to to do that as well. But I'm I'm just wondering now, what do you find in in terms of your your audience for for both that they are connecting with most predominantly? Um, I think that people are really, I, I think they just connect with people being open and honest about their experiences. Yeah. Um, like, like I'm very open about um, mental illness. I'm very open about um, uh, difficult relationships and yeah. um, exploited sexuality and stuff like that. And I think that that is something that just, just that openness and honesty about difficult topics is really what people find almost hopeful about this dark mm. work like it's it's not bright sunny work no but I, I I do hope that that people walk away from these things with with the hope that a conversation can arise from it because the world isn't all brightness and rainbows but it's not about just dwelling on the darkness but creating a conversation around it yeah 
definitely and I, I love the way you do bring the darkness to, to the forefront the, 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 the withering away the rotting you bring yeah. it all to the forefront but sometimes there is something actually darker isn't there about not exploring the, these issues if if that makes sense because it's kind of like where the fear builds up so to speak so yeah. there is something powerful about just bringing it to the forefront and writing about it mm-hmm. we need to have a, a, another one of, of your favourite tracks so, so next up we've got um, Bang A Gong Get It On and, and that, this is the one that goes back to the 70s I think <laughs> yeah this yeah. is the, the, this is a mom based track I got this one from my mom. Oh, wonderful. Enjoy. Team. 
was T-Rex there with, with Get It On. I thought that I didn't know that track, but I actually did. Because <laughs> um, I, I knew it by a different title. You're listening to the Sunday Sea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world. Online, you're joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, for this second hour. And my special guest is the author of Meditations for the Dead and Dying. Nice to have you on, on the show, Perry. And we're, we're, we're diving deep into all these topics today, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't go shallow. <laughs> no, no. But next up on your um, menu for, for poetry that you want to perform, what's your next topic? Um, yeah, so my next topic, um, it can be a little bit triggering for people. So just a content warning that um, these next three poems will be talking about um, the politics of the body and female sexuality exploited. Okay. Um, so just make sure you're taking care of yourself uh, mentally and step away if you need to. Um, but these are three kind of shorter poems that explore the female body taken advantage of, mm. basically. Um, Is that something that, that you decided that you'd write about during the, the Me Too movement? I mean, it's kind of changing, isn't it, now in, into other realms, but it, it was that your um, inspiration behind it or was it something else? I don't think it was necessarily the Me Too movement per se, but I think it was growing out of a younger type of um, understanding of my sexuality and seeing how myself and other um, people in my life had been kind of subjected to this really not super okay kind of sexuality, mm. this over-sexualization, this exploitative sexualization, okay. um, especially like when you're young and you're partying and stuff mm. like that, like you can really, but you see it in every day, like um, the last one on he, uh, uh, that I'm going to be reading is um, about is, is, is about a girl reading, reading Rossetti on a park bench okay. um, and having that kind of exploitative male gaze. Yeah. Um, and, and how that feels mm. um, on, a, on, on someone. Do, do you have school uniforms over there in, in Canada? Because I, I know that in the States they seem to wear their own um, clothing got going to school, but I think that, that's a, a big thing here in the UK where, you know, you're not necessarily expecting to be sexualized and, and yet you are from from the school uniforms so I don't know whether it's something that you have I think we don't we don't have uniforms um, usually outside of um, our uh, like kind of more private and, and Catholic schools um, in Canada but um, one thing that always was kind of weird to me was there was a lot of restrictions on what girls could wear at school right. like you weren't allowed to wear spaghetti strap tops or oh, okay. um, shorts shorter than like the your your fingertips because it would be distracting to the boys and it and and, and it wasn't right. like like it, it just kind of like over sexualized these things that it's like it's it's 27 degrees out I'm hot I just yeah. <laughs> don't want to be sweating in my chair wow. kind of thing yeah um, and that just kind of like grows into this insidious um, idea about what we can we like what the female body needs to act like and look like in order to be safe. Mm. And it's it's always conformity um, in in favour of of the males. Oh, let's not tease them <laughs> when yeah. it's nothing teasing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. T take it away, anyway. Perfect. All right. So I've got I've got a selection of three poems here. Um, this first one is a fairly new one called uh, "About a Girl." 
Ain't she a vision? Wrapped in skin and something thin like a wish. Maybe something more than anger pressed to lips. More than belts that hang a notch too loose on necks with bruises. More than callous eyes that scrape down legs and leave welts to bloom where they linger. More than coke and crisps and painted wrists and boys who like to take and twist her. Black and blue and something thinner than morning dew on ashes, I say. Ain't she just a vision? Go. All FM. My second one for this series is called uh, Reduction. Um, it, it, it's fairly overtly what it's about in the first couple lines, so okay. I'll just let her rip. Reduction. The reduction of a person to a thing possessed, taken, rips the mind from the flesh, leaves jagged holes in a body tainted by violent disregard, dirty knees and stained skirts forcing the mortification of the soul. Blood pumps through filthy veins and air fills putrid lungs as the self withers into a bezoar of a thing. A coalescence of sharp edges that rake against our insides like nails on open sores, our cavities filling with bile, acid, and blood until we choke on our own bitter humors. Go. <laughs> Thanks so much for that, Perry. Now we're going to hear your, your uh, third piece on, on this topics of the, the politics of body. Yeah, and this one is just a short one. I wanted to explore what it would be like to be that gaze looking in on someone. Okay. Um, so th this kind of like shifts it from this point of view of the person being consumed or exploited into the consumer. So this is called Reading Rosetti on a Park Bench. Her pores drip syrup down skin soft as peaches, and I just want to kiss the salt off her sun-stained shoulders. Her laughter tumbles forward from licorice lips, and I just want to rinse my mouth with the sweet spice of her tongue. Her fat berry blue eyes burst with candy tears, and I just want her on the backs of my teeth, feel her sugar linger in the rot of my molars. I'll bet you bleed like cherry pie. All I can ever be to you is the darkness that we know and this regret I got accustomed to. Once it was the ride when we were at our height, waiting for you in the hotel at night. I knew I had him at my match, but every moment we get snatched, I don't know why I got so attached. It's my responsibility, and you don't own nothing to me, but to walk away, I have no capacity. He walks away, the sun goes down, he takes the day, but I'm grown, and in your way, in this blue shade, my tears dry on their own. I don't understand, why do I stress the man, when there's so many real. 
You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM. Perry, thank you so much for, for your three poems that you just performed for us on, on politics of the body. I, I found they were very visual, even though it's words that you're speaking. Does a lot go into that process for you to create those visions? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, one of the processes I like to do is I like to pull out what what's the main imagery set that I want to use for this yeah. and then just play with that and play with like moving it around and changing it and, and, and using it in different ways to mm. evoke different images um, for people through this idea, for example, this idea of candy, yeah. um, candy and consumerism and the body. Mm. Um, how do we take those three things and bring them into one cohesive image set? Wow. No, well, it's very powerful, very powerful words, a very powerful imagery. And you have got a third topic that you really want to focus on, don't you, in, in your um, selections today, which is about grief uh, and loss and how we can somehow grow from that. Yeah. So... Um one of the projects I'm currently working on is um, a project about um, early trauma and um, how that manifests in uh, early adulthood in different um, kind of like neuroses and and, 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 and and substance abusive ways as mental illness, like that sort of thing, and how you can kind of 
move into that growth process while still acknowledging where you've come from. Okay. Um, and so I think that working through um, things that have happened to you, like whether yeah. it's losing someone, whether it's losing a piece of yourself, whether mm -hmm. um, it's having a traumatic incident happen, like being able to, to, to talk about those things, not everybody needs to be able to talk about them, but for mm -hmm. myself, being able to talk about them is very liberating. Being able to put them into art yeah. is very, is, is, is very liberating. So I have a, I have a couple pieces here. The first one is um, from that work that I was just talking about that I'm still working on, uh, getting published at some point. Ah, so, so, so <laughs> this isn't from Meditations from the Dead and Dying now, because people might think that because grief and death and, and everything, but this is a secondary project. Yeah, these. so this is a secondary project. This one comes from a secondary project, and um, uh, funnily enough, it's called First Tears, uh, so that follows nicely from the Amy Winehouse song. Brilliant. Um, so this is called First Tears, and it's about um, trauma through through the ages. Take it away. I wonder what it feels like the first time you cry. It must be like falling in love for the first time. I'm eight years old, falling in love on the playground. Her name is Naomi, the most beautiful creature I have ever seen. It takes me two weeks to tell her I love her. She says, girls like boys. I feel my heart rip from my chest, invaded by, by the hollowness of careless words. I wonder what it feels like the first time your body betrays you. It must be like seeing a monster for the first time. I'm 13 when I find out that the world doesn't care who you are. There are monsters everywhere. It takes me two weeks to be able to sleep by myself again. My mother asks me what's wrong. I feel him rip my stomach from my abdomen, drowned in the emptiness left in place of stolen things. I wonder what it feels like the first time your heart spills over. It must be like giving up for the first time. I am 19 when I realize that you can lose yourself completely. It takes me two weeks to get out of bed. My hair matted, my teeth rotted, and my world folded in on itself drowning in the void, ripped open by anguish. I wonder what it feels like the first time you cry. It must be like finding truth for the first time. I'm 24 when I learn that babies don't cry. It takes them two weeks to form tears. My friend asks me what that means. I say it means that's how long it takes for the world to rip the salt from our eyes and leave us with a vacancy those parts of ourselves that roll off the sides of our cheeks. And um, so, yeah, so that was First Tears. Um, leftovers. Yeah, yeah really, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. I think it, it's kind of the, the fact that none of us can even remember when we, we first cried kind of thing, and then to yeah. actually put, put that focus on it, what's, what's the first thing that, that has made you cry that you you can actually really think more more deeply about it as well yeah I just I thought it was a really because it was it was a writing prompt from one of those first workshops that I was talking about oh, okay. it was uh, here's this fact uh, it was basically right on a fact um, that you know about and they're like if you don't have any facts at hand I just learned mm. that babies take two weeks to form physical tears they'll cry like they'll scream so, so we'll hear it but there'll be no actual tears yeah. exactly and I just thought how 
odd of a sensation must it be for all of a sudden your body is leaking? Wow. You know, yeah. like, like that must be so alien and so weird and just how different firsts can just be so alien and kind of traumatic to go through. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, going a bit deeper in, into to tears and, and sadness, sometimes you, you can become so potentially used to being upset or depressed that it's like, when, when did this first become relevant to me kind of yeah. thing so that's, that's another angle yeah but anyway we've got 10 minutes left so i'm keen for you to get some some more of your work in yeah so um this this next one is called leftovers um i'm gonna caveat this with saying um this was um an empathetic um exercise mm. um my mother is still very much alive and uh i'm very happy about that um this was more trying to put myself in the shoes uh, of my mother after her mother died um, and yeah so we'll just kind of get into the poem leftovers I eat leftovers on the day after my mother's funeral I eat them cold from the dish pull plastic wrap back and dig in with my hands tomato sauce and mashed potatoes crusting under my fingernails what is left of a person once they've closed the lid on red lips and a bloodless face displayed for the sympathy of the living? A feeling, an inkling, that your flesh and bones don't quite add up, that you are something less than whole. Songs are sung from morning ears as the dead lay deaf and happy while people cry into napkins and paper plates full of lasagna and warm gravy. The horizon screams as the sun sets her hair on fire and we let ourselves fall apart. In the bloody dawn of waking, I collect pieces left behind and try to fit them where you used to sit. But the pieces are still sharp, not yet worn to sea glass with our tears, and I find myself back on the kitchen floor, trying to inhale your leftovers. Oh, wow. Wow. Do you share your, your, your poetry with, with your mom? I mean, you did touch on the fact that she was one of your first inspirations when it came to poetry, but do you still share it with her now that you've gone into this, this other genre and way of being with, with your work? Um, I think it's a bit of a touchy subject. It's touch and go. Um, it, dep it really depends on the subject of the yeah. poem, because yeah. I do write about a lot of kind of things that maybe a mom doesn't want to know their kid is yeah. going through or yeah. their kid is thinking about. Um, but I, I do I do love when 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 I get a piece that it's like I can I can safely share this with my mother because um, yeah. she she really was the first person who kind of introduced this love of poetry um, to me and it means a lot to me whenever I get to share it with her. What does she think about you? performing in open mics in Manchester of all places and stuff like that and having books out as well. <laughs> oh, she's she's oh, she's so excited. She's the she's the funniest thing. She's like she ha she has a copy of my book on her bookshelf. I don't think she's actually read oh, it. Brilliant. Well, um, it's there to she, say my but, daughter but, but, but is. It's, exactly. It's it's just it's there because uh, she likes to support me. She's always excited. She always listens into the radio shows. Sometimes I tell her like maybe turn it off for the actual poem part, <laughs> but uh, she loves listening to the radio shows. Um, so it's just, it's just 
really great, both her and my sister and my dad and all of my friends and, and my um, chosen family as well are just so supportive of what I'm doing and it's really amazing. I, I think that's wonderful and it, she should be very proud of you having not only written the book but designed the cover as well so the whole thing is yeah. her, her daughter's <laughs> work all in one piece. Well, Perry, we're coming to the end of the show so do you want to quickly tell everyone where they can get your book because it, it's not on, on ebook right now, is it? Yeah, so um, there is not um, a an official ebook option. Um, you can get it on Amazon, the physical book. Um, if there's any barriers to you being able to get the book on Amazon, you can feel free to contact me at sunshineloftarts at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we, we, can, we can discuss any sorts of barriers that you're experiencing. If you do want a copy of the book or an online copy of the book, I can probably make that happen as well. I'm happy to help. Oh, wonderful. Listeners will be delighted to hear that. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you in, in the studio and share so much of your poetry with us. We've been really treated. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to be here. Oh, thanks so much. Do check out more of Perry online. You've been listening to The Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM with me, Ruth O'Reilly. There's a brand new show coming up after this so I'm going to leave you now with Perry's last choice which is dead weather isn't it mm -hmm. and I feel love take care of yourselves bye for now
are listening to All FM 96.9, the real voice of Manchester. If you listen to us, if you've ever had your music played on All FM, if we've ever helped you promote your event or given airtime to your good cause, or if, like us, you just believe that diverse, distinctive community radio deserves to thrive and prosper, please consider donating to the All FM Fund. Even if you can only donate 50p, every penny goes towards keeping your favourite shows on air and making sure we continue to provide an excellent service to our community. If you are feeling charitable, just visit www.allfm.org and click on the Donate Now button. Visit www.allfm.org and donate to the real voice of Manchester. Give us all you can spare to keep us on air. Thank you for your support. Let's go back to the show. 